Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Hey, before we begin today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So if you're doing something, just use this as a deep breathing exercise. But if you can, sit down, either on the floor or in a chair. And either way, place your palms open on your lap. And go ahead and close your eyes. And just begin to breathe with me, breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Exhale, relax, and let go. And as you breathe in pure golden sunlight, allow your chest and your belly to expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And on the exhale, release, relax, and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, release, relax, and sink in a little bit deeper. And breathing in pure golden sunlight in your mind, in your heart, in your entire body. On the exhale, release any tension you feel. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you breathe in that pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, exhale, release, and let go. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the tip of your head, to the tip of your fingers and toes on the exhale, just allow yourself to sink in a little bit deeper. And filling your heart, filling your mind, filling your entire body with golden gratitude, exhale, release, and relax. Breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being, on the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in pure golden gratitude again, allow it to wash over you again like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And filling your heart, filling your mind, filling your entire body with golden gratitude. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Well, thank you so much for being here with me on the podcast. I'm actually podcasting from my bed this morning. It's only just a quarter of five. I've been up since about 4.30. Uh, you know, some, some days I just, I love to wake up early. I, I feel like the morning time is just so, um, quiet. It's peaceful. 
just allows me to get a jump start on the day. And I've always loved that. So when I have a lot on my mind and I'm creating a lot, which I am right now, I tend to wake up very early and I'll sleep a little bit longer if I don't have so many projects going on at one time. So I wanted to kick off this series, these stories of reinvention by sharing with you my own story of reinvention. And of course, if you've been listening, then you're very much aware of my story and I might not have ever said it quite like this before, but I'm going to begin with the loss of my husband because that wasn't, of course, the first reinvention I ever went through in my life, but that was the massive reinvention I don't know about you, but don't you define your life by things like before kids, (laughs) after children, and then, of course, uh, your children are grown. You know, there's these different milestones that you make in life. You know, when you're single, then you get married, then you have children, and every time something large happens, some large event happens and occurs in your life, you can count on going through a reinvention. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start with the reinvention that I went through, um, after the death of Richard. And, you know, here I was like 43 and my kids were in high school. Um, Kenna was a freshman. Jazz was a senior. And I remember, um, just even like months, weeks, and months before Richard died, I was already starting to um, feel this sort of weird emptiness. And I love the word emptiness and empty nest because those two go hand in hand. When, you know, you filled up your life with raising children and they start to grow up and they don't need you as much anymore, you start to feel the emptiness of the empty nest because a lot of times our life purpose, um, we've mistaken our life purpose for things that our ego identifies with, like being a good mother or being a good wife, for example, was where my ego was all identified at the time of Richard's death. And so while I was still a really good mother after he died, half of my identity, a huge part of my identity by being a good wife, just completely crumbled, completely shattered with his death, of course, as did my dreams of what my future would hold. And so many of you listening, I know you've gone through loss or you've gone through a divorce or a breakup or a career change where you've spent 40 years working on your career or even 10 years and suddenly that career is just gone. And it doesn't matter how you get to this point where your ego is completely annihilated with your identity, but it puts you in an identity crisis. And this is the chasm that we enter. This is what we call the abyss. When we are standing at this ledge, you might as well be standing at the Grand Canyon, looking across going, how the heck am I going to get across? from this ledge to that ledge. And there's this big abyss that goes down and you're wondering, where am I? Who am I? What am I going to do now? What now? 
You stand at that ledge and you literally say, what are my next steps? Well, I was like that too. You know, Richard died suddenly. Um, He had a pulmonary embolism on a flight. He was 45. I was 43. It was in our midlife. We were at the peak of our lives together. I was not expecting that. And so much of that was about having the rug pulled out from under my feet very quickly. And it felt like a long drop down. I always say like he, he died suddenly on the descent of a flight. And at that moment, as soon as I heard, it was like I was thrown out of the airplane in a free fall. And that's what it felt like for quite a while was a free fall, not knowing where the ground was, not knowing where my feet would land. Um, not knowing anything except for how to breathe, eat, sleep, get on to the next day. So I didn't know what my message was. I didn't know that I would step in as a leader, as a transformational thought leader. I had no idea. I mean, of course I had written and I had written already um, two best-selling books, one with Richard, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Love and Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women. But, you know, I had never really owned my career as an author. In my mind, that wasn't what I identified with. I identified with being the muse for Richard, for being holding his space so that he could be the author. But how beautiful it was that he opened this incredible door for me. I knew after I wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women that I was a writer, but I didn't have this sense that I had anything to write about. I was, I, I felt like I had poured everything into Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women that I knew at the time. And then it had been years and I started to realize that my writing career was going to ramp up somehow. I just had no idea that it would happen in loss. I was so unprepared that it would happen in loss. But I remember um, not knowing what I would write about right before he died. And then just a couple short weeks after I received the news and he didn't come home from that flight, from that trip, and I was starting to really feel that panic when I would wake up in the morning of, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Oh my God, how am I going to do this? And... I'd put my feet on the floor and I'd get up and I'd go to the um, kitchen and I would pull out two coffee mugs to make coffee for the both of us. And I would shake my head and start to cry because I would be like, oh my God, I don't need two coffee mugs anymore. I only need one. And so in my um, sadness, I would sit down and this was our time. This was Richard's and my time to talk about Um, chapters of books to talk about our children, to connect. And so I pulled out my computer and I just started to journal. I created a journal. And as I began to type, I noticed I was typing so fast. And I was like, what is this? I'm typing so fast. And I realized that it was Richard coming through my fingertips, that he was, he was right there with me and that he was, he was sharing with me, um, the energy of where he was and he would tell me things. And 
it was fascinating because I could never type that fast. And suddenly I could type so fast because he was a very type fat, very fast typist. And I knew in that moment that I had made the connection. I knew that as much as I was going to go through deep grief and sadness about not having him physically present, I knew that I could reinvent my relationship with him, that I could connect to him where he was, because where he was, was only a paper thin, energetic place from where I am. And I could feel him. So I have to say that was my first reinvention was reinventing the relationship that I had with Richard and how to connect with him. The next level of reinvention I went through was, of course, how do I reorganize my family? How do I reinvent this new family unit that really is three women? And that was very challenging. And then in six months, we went from a family of four to a family of two because Jazz went off to college. So that was another reinvention. Suddenly I was roommates and housemates with my youngest daughter. I remember she walked in from um, school one day and she looked at me and she said, Mom, and I said, yeah. She goes, I'm not a 40-year-old woman. I need to have more food in the house. Because <laughs> I you know, had kind of stopped making the family dinners. And I had been, you know, of course, grocery shopping, but I hadn't been like buying the same kinds of food. And I, I just I thought that was really funny. And I said, oh, okay, okay. Um, and so we had to reinvent our lives at that point from, you know, being a family of four to being a family of two. I suddenly, I was a single woman, a single mom. That was another reinvention, another high level reinvention. How do I, how do I navigate those waters? Um, and then for me, it was my career. I, I began to write and I began to understand that this wisdom, this wisdom was just pouring through me in this tremendous heartbroken time. And it came right out in my computer, in my fingertips. Oh my God, I've been heartbroken open to feeling my life and living awake. I've been heartbroken open to being a more alive. And therein became part of my message to others. And really deep down, I thought, Jesus, if I have to wake up this way, I'm going to wake everyone else up too. <laughs> because I didn't want people to have to wait until they went through loss to wake up to the fact that they were married and that they could reinvent their marriage. They still had time. You know, I looked forward to a time with Richard in the empty nest of reinvention, of reinventing our lives together, reinventing our the next chapter in our lives. And so I guess what I want to share with you is my own story of reinvention has had many layers and many, many, um, it's like peeling back the onion to get to the heart of who I am. And truthfully, I'm constantly reinventing even now. But I found this excitement at the word reinvention. I found this excitement because reinvention and reveal go hand in hand. 
When you peel back a layer of the onion, you reveal a new part of who you are. You can, a new part of your message, a new part of, you know, sharing with others. I have written so much over the years about this. I have led many, many, many women through reinvention, through my What Now program and retreats. And it is a joy. But honestly, I've realized my life purpose ever since I was a young girl was to ignite and get people excited about something that was really going to be a prominent um, area of their lives. I'm going to tell you a quick story uh, about my brother. So my brother was um, a musician always. He played many instruments. He played everything. He had a really amazing brain of math and music. He's a really smart guy. In fact, he was he he tied for Val Victorian of our high school, and we had a huge high school. So in his senior year, he was like tied with this other um, girl for Val Victorian. He basically was a over a four student all through high school. He had a photographic memory, and he was brilliant in math and music. Well. I was in choir. You know how kids and households, they take on different roles. Um, We had really different personalities. I was not brilliant in math or music. However, I could have, uh, I did have a decent singing voice. (laughs) And so I would um, go to, I did choir. I did like all the acapella choirs and the madrigal choirs, and I would sing in church and I would do solos in church. And that's what I did. I wasn't in drama because drama took a lot of time and I was pretty intimidated by drama. If you can believe that I I just, I, it wasn't my thing, but I remember I brought the music home for a musical. My brother was, um, a senior actually, and I was a junior and I brought the music home and I thought, you know what? I should try out for guys and dolls. And the music sat on the piano and I, you know, would look at it now and then, but I hadn't gone to tryouts yet. And then one something really amazing happened. I was downstairs. We had kind of this um, daylight basement um, in my parents' home, split-level home. And I was downstairs where my brother lived. And he was in the shower one afternoon. And I heard him singing. And I went to the door, and I pressed my ear up against the door. And I couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't believe this beautiful melodic voice that was coming from the bathroom. And I was like, and I was basically pressing myself up against the door when he walked out with a towel around him and he starts laughing. He goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, you're singing in the shower. You sound amazing. I didn't even know you could sing. And he just started laughing and he goes, well, I mean, I'm singing in the shower. Is that singing? And I go, oh my God, you have to try out for Guys and Dolls. You have to try out for Guys and Dolls. Mr. Gatwood would just die if he heard you singing. And my brother just laughed. He kind of laughed it off. I didn't think he was, he didn't even take me seriously because our high school really had a huge drama department and we had a huge choir and we had great talent in our high school. My brother was in band and he, he just, he was like, oh, I'm not doing that. Well, he didn't tell us, but he did. He didn't tell us. He didn't tell my parents. He didn't tell me. He just went and tried out one afternoon, and we got this phone call during dinner, and I answered the phone. And Mr. Gatwood, our choir director, 
said on the phone, he said, well, Christine Anderson, how have you hidden your brother from us all these years? Where has he been? And I went, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm calling because your brother is going to get the lead in Guys and Dolls. That was such an amazing moment. I clapped my hands together and I couldn't breathe. And I turned to my brother and I was just like, here, here's the phone. And he gets on the phone and we are all, my, my parents, me and my brother, we're just sitting there and we're just dumbfounded. Well, that was the beginning of a true love affair for my brother. He absolutely just loved singing and he loved performing and he he began a whole new part of his musical career and he loves to tell that story too because he has the most gorgeous tenor voice today um he leads um a choir in church he's a choir director he's he's done a lot with his music um and his voice and his singing over the years he's done dinner theater he's been in a huge choir um a cappella choir a performing choir i mean he really it's been an amazing journey for him and why i tell you that is i can cite so many examples over my lifetime where i have had a deep intuition about something. And like um, Artemis, who pulls her arrow back with pure intention and heart-aligned attention, when I pull my arrow back and I hit the mark, it's usually because I'm very aligned in the moment with whatever somebody really, really, um, something for their soul, like something that they are calling out for and I somehow tune into it. I've had this happen so many times um, in my lifetime where I just become that ignition switch of seeing from my own intuition something for someone else. And it allows them to reinvent or reveal something amazing for them. So I, I tell you that because as I have grown into myself as an adult woman, I realize that this is so much about my life purpose is, is inspiring others to dream bigger, to live bigger. That's why I call my podcast, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff. It's because are the big events in our lives happen and they aren't accidents. And they they happen because we have soul contracts with others. They happen because it's part of our destiny to move forward and to make the very most of this one precious life we have, this very precious life. This is the only time that you're going to be here right now in this life. This is the only time, no matter what you believe about past lives or not, this is the life that matters to you now. And no matter what age you are, what you really need to do is search you need to be on a passion quest. You need to be looking and, and noticing what excites you because what excites you will ignite you. What are you passionate about? If you're wondering what your next steps are, this is the first place to begin is to ask yourself, 
What are you passionate about? What do you value now? What, when we sit down and we do our inner work where we really ask these questions, the deeper questions, the deeper inquiry, I call it a soul inquiry. The reason I call it a soul inquiry is because your soul is longing and yearning for something more. And I know you know what this feels like. I know you know because it's that emptiness that you feel. When you have that emptiness, all it means is that you're the open container. You just have to open yourself up and surrender, open yourself up and trust that if you start to inquire and you start to question and you start to do the inner work, your answers are going to come. I promise you they will. That's why I've done this Stories of Reinvention um, for you, this series, because I want you to hear all these amazing stories of all these different people, these mostly women, who have reinvented their lives, who have started over, and who have revealed something really incredibly beautiful that has come. All right, with that, so come back again and listen because there's so many great stories coming. And I just want to thank you. Don't sweat the small stuff. Live the big stuff. This is Christine Carlson. Christine Carlson invites you to rediscover who you are now. Find a sense of renewed purpose and reveal your most vibrant self by joining her popular What Now program. Whether you're a new empty nester, transitioning in your career, recently heartbroken or divorced, undergoing the body and hormone changes of midlife, or just feeling void of everyday passion, it's easy to feel stuck and disengaged. This is why Christine created a six-week mentorship program just for you. The What Now course offering will lead you through the waves of change and transition to get you unstuck from the mundane of daily life, making it easier for you to find passion, and ease. Each week's lesson is offered as an online audio teaching, so you can listen anytime and anywhere. Each teaching is accompanied by an in-depth workbook to make the learning deep, profound, and enjoyable as you embark on a new chapter in your journey. There's no better way to take your what now and use it to awaken your most vibrant life of joy. Register today at christinecarlson.com forward slash vibrant life.